Hey everybody and welcome back to the Abundant Journey Podcast. I'm the host Nick James. Thank you for spending some time listening today. I'm super excited about the interview uh, that we got lined up. It's with Carrie and Bonnie Staples. They are coming to us from Texas. Uh, Carrie and Bonnie have spent some time in corporate America, actually spent a lot of years there, and then they made the transition a few years back to uh, multifamily real estate investing and entrepreneurship, uh, but don't want to put the cart before the horse. Carrie, Bonnie, how are you guys? Doing good. Doing great. It's great yeah. to be here. Yeah, yeah glad, glad to have you. Thanks for jumping on. And uh, so tell us a little bit about yourselves and just kind of the history and background of, of what landed you to where you are today. You mean to say? Yeah, I'll let Bonnie go. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so uh, as Nick said, we were both in corporate America. I was with uh, Merrill Lynch and, um, you know, investments, financial industry, wealth management for uh, 33 years. Uh, Carrie was uh, with IBM for 18 years. And um, we were really on the search of, you know, what could we do to create passive income, um, you know, to keep us going in our retirement years. And we had started in single family. And then had a couple of single family homes. And then when Carrie got laid off from IBM, which was a total shocker for us, we're like, what just happened here? You know, hi, you know, uh, uh, we realized, okay, we need to do something a little bit quicker. And um, so we then uh, started investigating multifamily and discovered that we didn't have to do single family, which was taking a long time, that we could just jump right into uh, multifamily and, um, and, and then, then our story begins with the multifamily. It's been yeah. life changing. No, and I, uh, I'm super excited to get to that part of the story because you know you guys are the the inspiration of hey, we're going to leave corporate America, the safety and security that most folks know that as. But let's go back a little bit. Tell me where where did you grow up, and tell me a little bit about life, younger years, and uh, you know the story begins. I think further than that curious kind of what got you started and what mom and dad did for work, things like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I grew up pretty blue collar, uh, environment. I grew up, I grew up in Texas. I like, uh, I live like five minutes from where I grew up. My parents still live very close to me, but, um, my dad was an entrepreneur at heart. He would try to do stuff. He just wasn't necessarily the best entrepreneur because all of his you know, ventures. He had good ideas. He just didn't get good staff and good people and good. He didn't. He didn't have enough of the education around it. But, but, he, but he was always looking for ways to make money while he was sleeping. You know, to where he didn't have to be there all the time. So he, that part of it got instilled in me uh, on how to how to find a way to to get to that point. So for me, I that uh, I had that kind of in, in the back of always looking for ways to do that, even though I, I kind of got into, or I didn't kind of, I got into corporate America doing IT. I loved IT. I loved all the work that was involved in that. Uh, it's just, you know, I got complacent, to be quite honest, to, to the point you were making. I got comfortable. I was making a good living. I was at, and then to then take a step and go, hey, I'm going to give up this salary to go do something different. It, it, for me, I'm, I, I like the security of, of having the job. So that's what kept me in that for so long. And then, then when they laid us, laid me off, I was, and this is the point I was going to make to the comment you made. It's like, I thought I had security. There's zero security in, in, in corporate America. You think you're secure, but you're really not. It's that, that department they don't need. They, they're making cuts. You, and I was, I, I had just got a promotion. So it's about, you know, taking 
your financial security into your own hands and not and not falling into the false security that corporate America has you covered because they, they they don't. You're you're just in my the way I always look at it is I was just another computer to them. They I don't need that yeah. computer anymore. <laughs> Well, and that, that's a good word, you know, coming from corporate banking and being in that world. I have been on those phone calls where we're going to eliminate the division or downsize the team. And, you know, that, that can be, that is a scary moment for a lot of people. Now with your, so with your dad, entrepreneur at heart, did he work corporate America? Did, was he, did he just try things and, or was he kind of a, I mean, what what was that like? Yeah, so he 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 started a lot of businesses. I mean, I remember one of his early businesses was uh, was a computer company back when they had two eighty sixes and IBM. You know, was and, and so I was in high school at that time, and I was uh, doing a bunch of sales for him, and I had all these appointments set up for for uh, a bunch of uh, for his sales crew to go out and sell the the, the system. And then I was like, man, I had that guy sold on the phone. Why did that sell not go through? That's weird. So I started doing follow-up call to the people that I had appointments. Turns out his sales guy was going home, going to sleep on the couch and stuff and wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. So, 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 you know, that was one business. And then, uh, so he he was never in corporate. What he did is he worked for other smaller entrepreneurs that were building up businesses. And then he started some of his own businesses then, uh, then we then we started a computer company with just me and him. And at that time, we did a lot of used systems. So we did a lot of uh, we would take uh, old older equipment, build up a system, and sell it. Uh, and so we did that for a while, and that was growing. But then I could see it was always going to be a mom and pop shop because that was kind of you know he didn't know how to go to the next level with with the business. And that's where I. Got, ended up getting on, on IBM and kind of moving the corporate world. But then since then, he sold that computer business and then he bought a franchise with some battery pluses, which is if you know about franchises, most of them, you're buying a job because all the corporate oh, yeah. the money. So it's, uh, I mean, that, maybe Chick-fil-A might be a great uh, uh, franchise. They seem to be like cash cows. But so yes, trying to, to do that type of thing, trying to create a business on, on how he can do some stuff. And then he did do some stuff in real estate. Where he had bought, uh, and he was always creative because he, ne- he never really had a lot of money. But so he, he bought a self storage, but he talked the owner into self, you know, to doing the financing of it so he could buy that self storage. And uh, I mean, he did really well on that self storage, and that's how he rolled mm-hmm. out of that and then bought, you know, these uh, battery yeah. pluses that he owns now. Which sounds like so there was some early exposure to real estate and yes. obviously entrepreneurship. Bonnie, what about you? So, uh, so I grew up in uh, South Texas, Brownsville, Texas. It's a very, very tip of Texas, um, and um, and then my parents divorced when I was in sixth grade. So I, we moved to Houston. Um, mom and and uh, brother and sister, so three of us kids, um, and then we shortly after that moved to Dallas. So, okay. um, so. But I remember my dad worked. Well, my dad was in the army, worked for the postal service. Uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, you know, and so until you know they split up. But I remember my daddy always telling me, "Honey, buy real estate because they're not mm-hmm. making any more of it." I, I specifically remember I was 16 years old and I was in the car. We were driving with my dad, and he just said, "Honey, buy real estate." And I wish I would have started at 16, you know. So then <laughs> I didn't, but you know, it's just like I still hear his voice telling me, telling me that, and he's you know always a wise man and. 
I uh, should have listened then. So, um, and then, so as far as, uh, you know, my career, I just uh, always knew I wanted to work for a, a good company. I just had really good you know, work standards. Um, you know, I, I wasn't able to go to, to, to college. My, my mama had passed away when I was 17. I was a senior in high school. And wow. so I just immediately said, okay, what do I need to do? I made a plan. I said, okay, I'm going to get a good full-time job. I'm going to be there for a year to show stability and then I'll move on. And then I, uh, at a very young age, I was able to go to um, be offered a job at Merrill Lynch. Very blessed there. Um, I, and again, I had no college, and yet I took every opportunity to learn everything that they taught on it. I got my, my all my licenses. I have all my FINRA Series 763, wow. all my licenses. So I got all that um, with the support of Merrill Lynch allowed me to do that and supported that. And, um, you know, so I never thought I would do anything else. I worked for one office for 33 years, loved who I worked with, uh, loved, you know, helping our, our, our clients. Um, mm-hmm. And um, but when we discovered multifamily, I was like, wow, I never thought that I would ever do anything else. And I love it so much more. It's like you, not only can you impact the, um, the, the clients, um, but in our case, we're able to, you know, impact our, our investors, but also we're able to impact the residents and the staff. Yeah. And so that yeah. to me is that extra layer that was something I didn't have the capability to do in, in corporate America. Now I can love on, we can love on the community. And um, um, that's, that's why we love what, what we're doing. Yeah. I love that. And we'll, uh, we'll get into more of that ways that you guys give back. That's, that's woven into our heart and DNA of abundant journey. And, and those are the kind of people we love to talk about, talk to on these podcasts. So, well, I love the, the history and the background curious for the two of you, what are, I mean, you've shared kind of the story, but what are some of the traits or things that you picked up on and learned early in life from, mom and dad and kind of modeling and, and the entrepreneurness there, you know, what are some things that maybe you were able to pick up along the journey that's really helped you in your roles now? You want to go first? Well, uh, well, I'll just say just number one, be a, a, a hard worker and, mm. and, and be a person of integrity, you know? So yeah. Carrie has a, a statement and I, I know other people have said it too, but he always says, you know, we, we need to do what's right and then the money will follow, you know, so mm, that's good. sort of, and, you know, just seeing both of our parents working the way they do. I mean, Carrie's father, I mean, he's 83 years old and he still works. Okay. That's At six awesome. days a week. It's crazy. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah, no. And so, but we just have parents that really, in not just, they didn't instill it. They just, they just, they live that it, yeah. way. They lived it. They lived it, you know, just being hard workers and, 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 uh, and good stewards of, of what we've been given, um, and 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 to use that wisely. I think that's really what I get from from my parents. Is uh, yeah, yeah. From the parents, I would totally agree. I mean, you know, my mom had a again the entrepreneurial side had a cleaning business. That's what she did. She cleaned new homes, then she eventually started cleaning. So when I and during the summer, I mean, I I, I didn't just hang out. I, I had to work. I worked during the summer helping my mom clean homes. Is what I did yeah. at, at a younger age. So. Uh, and at the time, I, th- I think she might have paid me four dollars an hour, which you know, I think she was, but, but not a lot anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They can't get that kind of uh, pay anymore. But, uh, it's uh, but so it's just about you know work ethic. I think is 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 a big one. And then as as we you know, I think a couple other things that I learned from my parents that by watching how they manage their finance, 
I, I took said, I don't want to manage my finances that way. So it was one of those things where I kind of learned what not to do as opposed to what to do. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That, 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 that my, my, uh, my parents to a fault would give everything away to the kids and not manage it as well. And I, I loved it at the time cause I was, you know, a recipient of it, but, but, you know, it, it, uh, I, I did learn, Hey, you know, you have to manage your money. You got to be wise about it. You got to make sure that your money is working for you and, uh, and, and, and keep a close eye on that. So that was always something else I learned from them in a kind of a, you know, back ending into it as opposed to saying, Oh, the way they're doing it's right. I, I kind of learned, okay, I need to do, make sure I put more focus on that and, and pay attention to how well I am managing. My That's mind. awesome. Yeah, no, I think those are great early lessons and the hard work. I mean, you consistently hear that, you know, from folks who are not only successful, but, but have a passion and a purpose to make a difference as well. I mean, you, you got to be willing to roll your sleeves up and, and get after it. So, well, transitioning a little bit. So, Married, working corporate jobs, quote unquote stable jobs. Um, I'm sure making good money. You, you, you. Obviously, you've you've shared that you you found multifamily real estate. But walk me through that. Like there had to. I mean, going from like corporate America to like, oh, we're gonna just be large multifamily real estate owners. Like, where where's the connection here? Yeah. So, uh, well, so like we said, when Carrie got laid off at IBM, well, let's let's start back further than that. Okay. So, me and Bonnie are a blended family. So we got so we got married in 2010. So when we got married, uh, we both kind of had some conversations, and we and we both thought, hey, real estate. You know, my my whole thing is, hey, 80 percent of the wealth in the U.S. is built off of real estate. That you know, so we're all okay. We we need to do something in real estate because so even before the whole corporate thing, we started going, Hey, let's start trying to do some stuff in real estate because that'll, you know, so, we, so we took our two homes that we both had when we got mm-hmm. married and we bought a home. So our first two rentals were our, you know, previous homes before we got married. And then, then we bought a couple others. So I think we might've did maybe total of five or six homes total that we were, but, but uh, then at that point is when I got laid off not, not long after that. And we were like, Man, this single family thing is is doing okay, but it's going to take forever to offset what I'm trying, what we're trying to make here in, sure. in the corporate world. So that's uh, that's where I'll let you pick it up, babe. Yeah. So so we were we were trying to figure it out. We we went to a you know group that you know taught how to do single family and multifamily. Um, didn't really. We got some good good scoop, but not really what we needed. Um, and then, uh, uh, one day Carrie actually was, uh, with, uh, McAfee at this point cause with IBM layoff, but with the, uh, the IBM layoff and then, um, it was with McAfee and I found, a, an, another, you know, weekend seminar to go to, right. Uh, it's, yeah. and they were talking about multifamily. I'm like, you know, well, let's just go and just see what this is about, you know? Sure. And, um, when we were on the way there, Carrie had worked an all nighter with McAfee cause they were doing that something. Soft, with, software upgrade. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he'd worked all night and, and, uh, and he was driving, he was driving like this in his car and the, you know, and he's like, I don't even know why we're going to this thing. Da, da, da. I said, you know what, if you don't like it, if it's not something that you're getting something out of, you know, half the day, then go up. Cause we had a, it was in a hotel and we rented a room so just go up to the room and you know sleep or whatever you want to do <laughs> well you know we went to the seminar we were like oh my gosh we were getting so much information from this we we're like okay we could do this you know and so yeah. 
um, with all that, that sort of helped us because he had a 401k that we rolled over into a self-directed IRA. Yeah. We were able to use that uh, to yeah. then start, you know, learning how to do passive investing in, in, in multifamily. And then that was a great way to start, even though we knew we wanted to go on the, um, you know, on the general side or general partner where we were actually managing the deal. It was a great place to start. Um, and start learning, right? So we were able to learn from what, as a passive investor, you know, how to run the deals, how they advertise the deals, how they, you know, send out the reports for the deals. So there was so much learning just during that time period. Um, you know, it was, it, it, it's truly been life changing. Now, during that time, I was, we were both still working. He was, we were doing the passive investments through his, his uh, retirement. And I was still working at Merrill and he, he was like, you know, just quit Merrill, just do this full time because I was, we were trying to get our own deal. And, um, that was just a scary step because, you know, because we did, we both had, you know, six figure incomes and it's like, how do you just walk away from that and go, uh, I'm just, I don't need that, (laughs) you know? And, uh, you know, we have four kids and we have grandbabies, you know, and it's like, okay. (laughs) And, um, so, um, but with all that, you know, uh, we did find our first deal. We were under contract from uh, with that one, and um, uh, just it, this is just a God thing. I'm just going to say it on this podcast. But yeah. um, I was going to be on TV the next morning uh, with our mentor about you know how we've been successful in multifamily just in the passive side, the passive investing. Yeah. And I was going over thinking about what am I going to talk about? And I couldn't sleep. And finally, I just said, Lord, you got to take this because I can't, I got to go to sleep. I'm going to be on TV tomorrow morning. <laughs> and, you know, but prior to that, for about six months, Carrie had been telling me to quit Merrill. And that wasn't even in my thought when I went to sleep. But when I woke up in the morning, I woke up. It was so clear that today was the day I was going to quit my job. Wow. And, and I so so when Carrie got up that morning, I was already up and. And, uh, and he came into the room. I said, babe, I'm quitting Merrill today. He's like, okay. He just like, <laughs> he didn't skip a beat. He's just like, okay, you know. And um, and so it put my, and so when I did let my my position know that I was, I was leaving, they were so supportive. I just was mm. blessed by who I worked with. They knew I was doing multifamily on a passive side. Um, you know, so it was, I just really, we just really feel like it was just God that led us in this, in this direction. And, you know, I gave Merrill a month's notice so that I could, they could get, you know, people in my position and, and, um, you know, so, and then a couple of years later, then Carrie was actually able to, to, um, to leave and join me as well. And, but through all that, because I left my job at Merrill Lynch, even though I took a step back in that income, we actually had some savings because we of the tax savings that we had, we could actually write that off against Carrie's income. So although I might have been losing, you know, big income, about half of that was really saved because of wow. the taxes that we saved on on um, on Carrie's income. So um, so so it's always not it's not always about what you're you're making. It's about what you're keeping in your pocket, you know, too. So. Yeah. No, that's great. So, and I'm curious. So, you go from Carrie specifically. You went from skeptic. I want to potentially sleep because I pulled an all nighter. Then you were encouraging her for six months to leave leave her job. I mean, what was your thought process with all of that? Well, so because we were part of another another organization that their their single family product that they had was was really good. So we were doing some stuff around single family, like I said, and then we signed up for their multifamily. We just weren't getting very far with their multifamily uh, program. 
So when I went to this event, even though I had stayed up all night doing a software, I'm listening to all the information. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is all the stuff I've been wanting to hear. And this is, you know, so, so, and, but was I still like, oh, this is going to be easy. No, I mean, even when, then I, we, I go, I turn to her and I go, oh, dang it, we're going to have to sign up over here, you know, because <laughs> so I wasn't happy about having to pay for another program to sign up to by any means. But, but so, you know, my, my question was, are enough, you know, the same question everyone, how do you get the deals or is there enough deals? All these people are going after the deals. And so I had all that skepticism still, but we just took it as, you know, I, you know, the thing with us, I think it's really about, you know, another thing that I've learned through life uh, is it's about mindset and breaking through your fears. And it's about like, Hey, I know real estate can be done. I know that there's other people in here doing this. I've talked to these people that are doing this. So it is feasible. So it was about, all right, let's just go. So then it came into just doing the hard work. So every night, even though we were both working, we would go through all that information, run through it every night, analyze deals every night, look at deals every night. So when she quit, we did have a deal under contract and, yeah. you know, and she had all her licenses and whatnot. So she had to ask Merrill, hey, is it okay if I GP this deal? And the funny thing on that was uh, she gave her notice and she was quitting or whatever. And we still haven't heard back from Meryl. We we're about to close on the deal. And then they come back and go, nope, you cannot invest in that. You got to back out of the deal. She goes, okay, whatever. I'm quitting anyway. Right? So- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so that really sort of was my, you know, that, that was burning the bridge. Or what was it called? Yeah. Burning the bridge, right? It's like, it's like, okay, well. Burning the boats. I'm burning the boats, right? Because yeah. it was like, you know, anyway, so that, you know. You sort of have to go through those situations every once in a while, really, to to you know feel that little bit of pain. It's um, and it it was the it was the best decision for us to make as well. Yeah. No, that's huge, and I and that was one of my questions. I mean, what was the, where was the burn the boat moment? And it sounds like you know they forced your hand, and again, they had been good to you, right? But there okay. was a realization. I mean, there was a realization that hey. We're shifting towards doing this, but there's a moment. I mean, I've talked with other business owners who have looked at buying businesses or starting business and they say, hey, there's one point you got to put all the chips in. You got to say I'm all in. And it sounds like that was your guys' moment. Yeah, it was. I mean, another thing we did uh, is we, we, you know, we had a 4,000 square foot house, big not, so we sold that, moved in one of our rent houses and stayed in that, which was, you know, my house that I had before we got married. And it was like, and, and I was fine with staying there, to be quite honest. I was like, this is great. You know, we got even more money. In it. And then, uh, but, uh, you know, she was like, okay, this is too small to do Thanksgiving and Christmas. So we had to scale yeah. back up so that we could have people over for Thanksgiving and Christmas. But but regardless, uh, it, it, we did. We, 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 we did the same thing. We pushed all our chips in. We said, hey. And then, then it's it, it, the thing I learned through that process was – you know, really, if you put your mind to it and you put enough focus to it and you put the energy towards it, 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 it will happen. It's just it may not happen in the time frame you want it to happen, mm-hmm. but it will happen if you if you stay focused and stay consistent and keep working towards it. And for us, uh, th- that that's what happened. You know, we ended up getting our first deal was 106 unit that we got over in East Dallas. And yeah. we've just been going from there. Yeah, we sort of felt like well, if we took a step back and, you know, mm-hmm. lowered our standard. Not, not Our standard wasn't that lowered. You know, it was a nice little house, yeah. right? It's like, you know, I say little house. But anyways, um, <laughs> but it was it was in a nice neighborhood and all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't. But we did lower and, and said, OK, let's 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 lower this this our, our standards, I guess. I'll say it that way. But that we knew that we felt like that would then help us catapult to the next level, you know, versus, you know, I tell even young people, I just had a call with someone just, you know, don't spend all the money that you make on on buying your 
cars or your fun yeah. things or your trips or whatever, invest that money and then use the the, the, the proceeds from the investment to then, yeah. you know, um, finance those, your, your, your fun stuff, you know, and that way you, that way you your money just keeps growing for you, you know? Yeah. So. Uh, uh, another person said, if you'll take, live off of 40%, invest 60% of your money, uh, then at some point your money will provide enough income for you that you don't have to even work. And that's, that's the thing. Most people live off of 60% or, or more. Yeah. 120%. Remember, I'm a banker. I've seen plenty of people living off the hundred. Yeah. And, 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 it, and it's like, you know, it's the, it's the, it, it becomes the reverse. So now you are locked in. You gotta, you gotta have the job. You, you know, these are stressed. Oh my gosh, I, this happens, that happens. Right. But if you go the other way and your and you, and your money starts working for you, it, I will say that was a life-changing moment for us whenever we were making more in our real estate than 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 what I was making at my W-2. So if they fired me tomorrow, it's like, okay, whatever, right? Yeah. That 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 That's just a totally different world for you at that point. 100%. So what were some uh, – you, you burned the bridge, you burned the boats, you said we're going for it. Obviously – you know, it'd be nice to say the rest was a uh, was a pot of gold, and you just kind of walked the the lovely trail. But I've, I'm sure there's been challenges along the way. What were some early barriers and some early hurdles you guys had to face and overcome? Aside from the fact that you had to be willing to throw all the chips in. Well, I mean, what, the first barrier for me was uh, because on that deal you know, we had to raise $1.2 million and it was just me and Bonnie as the GPs on that. So the first hurdle was like, how am I going to raise $1.2 million? You know, uh, so I I was freaking out. Uh, But again, uh, the program we were in had good ecosystem. We did a very good job of being at every single thing, every real estate event, trying to just network with as many people as we possibly could. So when we went to go raise that 1.2, we raised it in like, I don't know, about two days, but, but at the same time, you know, that was shocking, but at the same time, I I mean, I was freaking out. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but you know, it's, it's, again, it's about taking those leaps and, and, and getting out there and, and, and fighting through those barriers. Because if if I would have just really thought about it, I'd be like, well, I can't raise 1.2. I can't do that. Right. So it's about, so that, so that was one barrier, uh, early to get through. And then, uh, and then other challenges is just really around, I would say more in your arena around managing the deal and, and property management. And because when we first started, it you know, it was a lot, a lot of things that were being taught, taught to us that, Hey, just hire a third party on there and they'll run the property for you and you can run off and do what you want. And we, we quickly realized that's, that's really not reality. You, you you're still going to have to manage it, stay on top of it, stay on top of that property management and, and, you know, work as a team to make sure everything is being done. So that, I think that's probably the, where it, it became, uh, uh, more, more, more challenging in that area than, than, yeah, you just have to have realistic expectations of what you'll need to do. Right. And so you can, um, own a property and, and work a full-time job, you know, yet you will have to carve out time that you've got to dedicate to that property. Cause even if you have third party, property management, um, you know, running the day in and day out and the staff and all that, you still want to keep your, I mean, especially in our case, we have investors involved, right? It's not, we don't buy it by ourselves. We have investors that are included. And with all that's a great responsibility, you know, so, um, you know, so, you know, 
if it was just mine and Carrie's money, you know, you could just sort of almost walk away from situations. But it's like someone else is trusting you, and it's yeah. like, okay, mm-hmm. we've, we've got a, it's a big, it's a huge responsibility. Um, you know, so just making sure that you're keeping an eye on your investments and what the property management companies are doing um, to make sure that they're 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 uh, carrying out your business plan the way you know that you want it to be done. You know, so that and, and then the other challenge, of course, which everybody in multifamily is just finding that next deal, right? So then it's the, finding the next deal um, is the challenge, and then of course, you know, we've got the markets the way they are. But uh, you know, we just continue to learn every day. I mean, Carrie and I, we've been doing this since 2014, and every day we learn something new, even still, yeah. you know, and. Uh, we are very grateful, I think, both for both of our backgrounds in the corporate America mm-hmm. um, is because with my background in, in operations and, and financial wealth building at, at Merrill, I never knew that all that stuff would transfer over to what I'm doing now. Right. And, and I, I tell everybody all the time is every all of our steps that we're taking lead us to where we're going. Right. And you just don't know how that's going to work in. But it's been a great advantage that uh, we had those backgrounds yeah the, the other thing i would tell people that are in corporate world still is you know you're you're your own business whether you're in corporate world whether you're out doing your own thing whatever so th- that was the one transition in late in my career I, I started to realize i've got to tout myself i've got i mean so even though i'm inside of ibm i am my own little business inside of ibm and and you gotta you gotta think of it that way you gotta work it that way and you gotta manage it that way and uh and when you do then you start to go okay well maybe i could do something different maybe i could do more yeah and maybe start building your plan right you know even when you are there so sort of like when i uh left merrill um you know we before i left merrill we made the plan of you know what am i what are we going to do what are some things we're going to do to to prepare ourselves to catapult you know so make your make your plan even when you're in corporate banker what can i do you know, whether it's, you know, investing small little bits or, um, you know, learning a little bit more about multifamily or whatever direction you're wanting to go and to just start taking those steps and not just get comfortable where you are in your corporate yeah. job. And, 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 and that's the way we were. I mean, I, I was there for 33 years. I was very comfortable. I wasn't going sure. anywhere, you know, um, but that would be my guidance to, to, to people is just maybe just look beyond yourself right now and see what other steps that you can take to prepare mm-hmm. yourself to, um, to your next step. No, that's fantastic. No, I love that. So fast forwarding here, you talked a little bit about your first deal. Now, obviously I, again, I know your guys' story. You're, you're managing multiple properties at this point. You're raising capital with passive investors. You guys are purchasing properties. One of the things that makes you guys unique is your focus on the communities and the properties that you purchase. Tell me a little bit more about that because that's a unique thing, I think, in the multifamily real estate industry and it's it's what sets you apart. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So when we first got into this business, you know, Carrie and I, you know, just building your business plan, right, is what is our motto? What is it? And so we we came up with our motto, which is improving communities and connecting families. And so with all that, you know, most of our properties early were, you know, the C-class properties, which are maybe need a little bit more loving on them, you know, um, and that maybe, you know, you know, they're older properties. And, um, so we, you know, our very first property we, we bought, it was a dirt, dirt everywhere and brown building. And we came in and added pops of colors. There was, um, residents on the property that, you know, you could tell they liked to be 
uh, hang out, hang out together. But they hung out in the parking lot because that was the only place they they hung out on just on the on the sidewalk, right? There, there was no place for them to have community within within the property. So you know, we came in and did you know benches and grills and playground and um and 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 created that community. And then on top of that, added uh, community events. You know, so we. Yeah, so we just want to make sure that they feel loved on and appreciated and, you know, have an Easter celebrations, have Mother's Day. Like one of the Mother's Day events that we like to do, uh, favorite items, is to actually have a potluck where everybody brings a dish. We supply, you know, the drinks and the, um, the you know, the uh, silverware and, and plates. And then everybody gets to share, you know, their favorite um, uh, dish and have a meal together and that has been one of the most loved events that we do and 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 it cost us very little but yet we're really? creating the space to do that and um, that definitely has become sort of our secret sauce is is the residents love it and then they tell their family and friends to come you need to come live here you know so it becomes awesome. a win-win for for all of us um, in that case and also becomes a win-win for our investors as well so yeah we, we love, love that. it. That to me, this is that's the best part of of what we get to do is, is be able to do that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's that's a big focus. Obviously, we come in, we try to improve the property and, and make it much nicer. And, and you'll, see, I mean, we I could tell you pretty much on every property we've had at least a couple of residents come out and say, "Hey, what are you guys doing here? No one has done this for us before on, on making it nice." So we we get a lot of a lot of pride and pleasure out of out of hearing that. We're doing that. And then the second thing is, it's just, you know, the way I look at it is if we're loving on these tenants, you know, they're, they're part of our team. They're not, you know, mm -hmm. it's like without them, we just have an empty building with whatever. Right. So we, we have to be, you know, realize where the real focus is. And it's and it's on on the tenants and making it nice and making it uh, making them know that we do care about them. We do hear, you know, their things and make sure we're taking care of the work orders and all the other stuff. And and then then you start connecting those people together now they don't want to move my friends live here i want my cousin to live here and and it and it just then it keeps your occupancy up and everything else so there you know there is a ancillary effect to what we get the benefit of but it's it's first and foremost focusing on them yeah and then even with our investors because they know that we do this it's um they also take pride in it too because now they feel like that they're part of have making an, an impact you know, to someone else too. So through that, so we make sure that that's definitely communicated with, uh, to our investors of the, of the items and the things that we are doing in the community so that they can see where their money's being used to be able to impact others. And, um, well, you want to tell them about apartment life as well on there? Sure. So um, I can. Um, so there's another uh, organization. So we started doing this just by ourselves, right, as far as just encouraging the, the staff to, to do events and things like that. And then um, I learned of another organization. It's called Apartment Life. And um, they have a couple of different programs. And Carrie and I actually financially support that um, ourselves. The property doesn't um, pay for that. Um, but we just feel like that's a, another benefit. So our staff still does the events. But now we have apartment life that comes on the property. Is, and they do events as well. And wow. not only do they do events, but they also search out ways that they can serve the community. Like they, they you know, hang out at the park for a little bit or go to the dog park or the, you know... And they, they get to hear what's going on. And just as an example, um, when COVID hit, one of our Fort Worth properties, had, we had Apartment Life on there. COVID hit, so we couldn't do any events. I mean, so we were shut down for events. Well, our team got really 
um, uh, creative. And, you know, they would do things like what they would, they would say, okay, at this time we're going to, you can come and grab and go type things. They would do that. But the other thing that they realized is that we had a, some elderly people that lived on the property that took the bus because we had a bus stop right in front of our property. They took the bus to go do their shopping. Wow. And the buses weren't running. So yeah. our team reached out to those people and said, hey, we know that you usually ride the bus. The buses aren't running. We are going to go to the store on this day. We'll either take you if you want to go to the store or if you want to give us your shopping list, we will go get your stuff and bring it back to you. And so that's the kind of stuff. It's the heart of these uh, of, of, of that of apartment life is, is, is serving the community. Um, and then they'll also serve our, our not just the the residents, but also our staff members. So that if they they see that our staff members are doing a great job in a certain area, they actually do little things for them as well. So again, just loving on our community in all aspects, um, you know, is anyways. I just think that's what we're supposed to do anyways: is love on people, right? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it ends up the payback for it is 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 huge. So yeah. yeah. No, that's incredible. And again, you know, I. Uh, I think one of the things we share in that in that vision and purpose, I've I have a business owner, and I this is one of our statements is so many people are chasing as big a piece of the pie as they can because they think there's only one pie, and he said we're called to make more pies, yeah. and that's what you guys do is you guys your focus is on obviously um, building wealth and obviously leaving corporate America, but your focus isn't to take advantage of these people. I love what you say there, Carrie, too, in that your heart is to view these tenants as teammates. They're Mm -hmm. a part of your community and they're a part of what you're trying to do and how can you bring them along with you and how can you help them in their situations? And I love those stories. I mean, those are incredible. So thanks for sharing those. Well, uh, let me let me ask uh, maybe just a couple more questions for you guys. Um, you know, somebody who is still in that corporate world and they're saying, hey, I'd love to get started. I mean, of course, today's climate, things are different. Inflation, crazy things going on in the news in the world. I mean, what would be some advice for people who are just looking to get started? Well, I mean, I, I would say one thing, get, get a mentor. That's that's uh, that's going to help speed it up. Don't I wouldn't I would say you're going to don't don't spend all your time trying to read books and just get it all off of the Internet. Go get a mentor of somebody that yeah. has done it. That's a really way to expedite uh, what you're going to do. And, there, and there's a number of ways. I mean, we, our, our, our real estate choice is multifamily, but there's lots of choice in real estate. You, you can still do. I mean, the, the, the percentage of returns in single family are great. There's yeah. people that are making lots in short term rentals. Uh, you know, mini warehouses. Uh, so there's lots of ways to do it. Just pick an asset class in real estate because I, I still think that's the, the right way to go to build your wealth very quickly uh, and, and get a mentor in that specific asset class and to help you get going uh, quicker and faster. Yeah, well, someone, someone that's done it, you know, so that you don't make mistakes because there could be costly mistakes out there. And sometimes when you look at those programs, you know, you think, oh, gosh, that costs a lot to do that program. And it does sometimes, you know, however, when you think about how much you could really lose, like in our case with our very first property that we bought, we had to raise $1.2 million. That's a lot, <laughs> you know, so, so for us to, to lose that or to, yep. you know, that's, so when you think of it in that direction, it's like really the cost for your education is so little in comparison yep. to, to what your reward could be. 
Well, when I talk to people on that specific topic, because, that, you know, when you're going up to some of these programs, some of these programs can be, you know, pricey, right? And so I would always yep. talk to tech, and there's a lot of technical people that, that are uh, in the program we're in, but I would always have the conversation with them when they would come and be like, well, go look at taking a, a VMware class, you know, a boot camp, and that's going to cost you 10 grand. So when you look yeah. at when you look at the perspective, and what's that going to get you, and how much of a raise is that going to get you, and how much more money is that going to make you compared to what this could be a life changing event for maybe like thirty grand? Okay, yeah. you're like it's a drop in the bucket when the, in the big scheme of things, yeah. but it's it's tough on how we look at things sometimes. So that, I, I use that analogy for technical people specifically a lot. No, I think that's great, and my experience even as a banker is, you know, whether it's real estate or it's starting a business or entrepreneurship, there are so many people around who have have hearts to give and share, and people just love telling their stories. But on top of that, I, I think that um, there's people you can find mentors if you ask. If you're humble, you're teachable, you're eager to learn, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, and, and and not that I I do one on one mentoring for people, but but if people reach out, I mean, I I definitely will have a phone call with you and give you yeah. my input and give you and give you you know where I would go, what exactly I would do, how I did it. I mean, I, I, from that perspective, Nick, I will say you know we're both very open books and very open to help others do what we've done because it is uh, you know helping people be financially free is is you know yeah. a, a big goal for us to help as many people as we can to do okay. this either the same thing we're doing or whether some other aspect of real estate that they want to do yeah that's great and, and not only helping them but then also helping see the, them see the vision of being able to help others too right so yeah. like right. You know, a lot of times when we get to speak it's like you know I love when someone's when I hear that now someone else is doing events on their property because that's like oh my gosh now my hands because incredible but now they now my hands are spreading this far because now someone else has has implemented that same process on their on their um, it's a multiplication effect it's so awesome it is so awesome yeah that's fantastic well before we wrap this up I want to switch over to our gold nugget round we typically ask four questions and they're just a little bit about you guys and just your focus and heart and uh, again appreciate the the interview with you guys today so number one uh, we we talk about the six F's at abundant journey family finance faith failures fitness and future so I threw all those at you wow. what's, what's one of the F's of, of abundant journey that you guys are working to improve in that area of life this year well for, for me uh, one that's every year for some reason is fitness <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, 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 I have lost 20 pounds, but I, I probably got another 20 to go where I need to need okay. eat. So, so fitness. And then, you know, uh, I've always had a strong faith, but, but I would say this year for me, it's really to really d dig in and have a deeper relationship with Jesus is a, is a big one for me this year. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Bonnie? Well, so uh, all, uh, all of that too with like Carrie, but also, you know, family, which family is always important. We have, we have four kids and three grandbabies. Um, and in, in what we're doing, we, you know, we're pretty busy, you know, so yeah. So, oh, so, yeah. yeah <laughs> so some of that is like, we're, you know, trying to make sure that we're, um, able to set out, set, set, 
back some time so that we're making sure that we're focusing on the people that are important in our lives, right? Because sometimes business, whether it's, you know, corporate America or your own business, especially your own business, I think sometimes can creep in a little bit more, um, you know, and, and, and rob you of some of your time. So just making sure that we're making sure that we're dedicating, we're babysitting our our grandbabies tonight, you know, so um, we just, we just always, you know, cherish those times and want to make sure that we carve out that time to be with, with our family as well. Yeah. That's great. No, all right, next one. What's a quote from a book or mentor that stuck with you along your journey? Whoa. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I have a quote. I, I will say, though, the Robert Kiyosaki book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and, and you know, stood out to me. And I, and I, can't, I can't say I'm thinking of a quote to, to it, uh, you know, the quote that I always use, which is a more of a biblical quote, is, uh, you know, all my finances are God's money. I'm just the manager. That's it. And, yep. and so that's the way I look at my finances, and that's where it, keep, it keeps me straight and keeps me to where I'm not. And, and, and the other one, you know, it, it's, uh, it's not the love of money. What, what, what's the statement? It's the love of money that's evil. It's, it's, not, it's not, you know, making money. So that's another struggle I think people have is when they're going through this process. They're, oh, I already have enough. Why do I need money? It, it's, um, no, it's not your loving money. For one, it's not yours. It's God's, and you're, yeah. you're managing it. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Good. So same with like Carrie. It's probably like the golden rule, do unto others as you'd have them do to you, right? So, yeah. you know, we just want to be, that's really and truly, we just want to be good stewards of what we've been given, whether it's our knowledge or money, whatever, you know, our, our yeah. health. We just want to be good stewards of that and making sure that we're um, using it to, you know, advance the kingdom, just just being honest yeah. out there. You know, we just want to make sure that we're, we're, um, you know, being the, 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 I always say it's his stage, right? It's his stage. And right. like, what am I supposed to say right now? You know, so, um, we're we his workmen. doing it the right way. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's just about serving others. And I think you said it earlier, Nick, it's, it really is. It's just about, you know, focusing and serving others first. Absolutely. No, I love that. And, uh, couldn't say it better myself. Uh, all right. What uh, what's a dream or goal that you have that you've not been able to accomplish yet? Oh, that's easy for me. Uh, that's to shoot in the sixties and uh, around the golf. Whoa! <laughs> I, I mean, my, 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 I've, I've, I've shot in the eighties. I haven't shot in the seventies, but uh, okay. you know, just to be better and more consistent. I mean, I, I, I picked up golf late, but I, I really, I really enjoy it and. Uh, it's uh, as anyone that's ever played it knows it's a very difficult game. So absolutely. That's great. Well, in the midst of uh, taking down multifamily properties and making a difference in your tenants lives, you're going to have to find a little bit of time to get out there. I know. I know. Yeah. 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 And so well, Carrie, Carrie always wants me to, you know, either play golf. I mean, he's, I've got golf clubs, but I've had two lessons. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so my goal is just to be able to go out there and enjoy the, the golf course with him as there well, you, but, you know, so, um, I, like that. I, I just think we've been very, very blessed, you know, mm-hmm. and very grateful for, for all that multifamily has been able to allow us yeah. to do, you know, I mean, we take our families on a, a one family trip that we take our grown children on, which that's yeah. always a highlight of, of, of our year is to be able to do that, give back to our kids kids and and then um and then also just teaching the younger generation you know um 
there's a different way, right? In school, they yeah. teach you, they teach you one way is go to college, get a good job, invest in your 401k, which my 401k lost, you know, 50% in one night, you know, because of yes. things that had happened in the markets. But, um, you know, just teaching this, the younger generation to, um, yeah, we right. also are very fortunate and have been, um, able to, um, get together with a company that gives out wheelchairs and we do that in wow. South America every year. And we do a couple wow. of, couple of wheelchair distributions a year. And that's just such a blessing too, you know, to be able okay. to, uh, to do that. And, and so our hopes is that people are watching our lives and saying, okay, I want to make a difference. And hopefully that's being a trickle effect and other people will, you know, whatever that, whichever direction that goes for them, as long as they're, you know, doing something that's passionate to their heart um, and making a difference and impacting others with um, yeah. the resources that we've been given. Yeah. The, the one thing I would just add to that is, so one, another goal I, I have is to be able to donate, you know, a million dollars in, in a year to, to and wow. so that's, that's, that's kind of a goal I would like to see us achieve. Yeah. No, that's, those are, those are incredible goals. I think those are lifelong goals, but I'm going to ask the last question anyways, because it wraps into what you're already saying at the end of life. What do you hope you're remembered for? You know, I, I, I hope I, for me, I hope that I, people enjoyed being around me and that they thought I made them laugh. Cause I mean, yeah. I, I, I like to, I like to make people laugh and that they know that I, I was there for them, that I did serve them and that I was somebody that was very generous and, and a loving person would be what I love. love. Yeah. That's and my, mine too is not about the laugh. Cause he does, he does make me laugh <laughs> every, every day. I'm like, how do you think of this kind of stuff? <laughs> but it's, but it's awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, mainly that, that, that they know that they're loved. You know awesome. that 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 they're loved, and um, yeah. so that's. I just no. have to end, drop the mic on that one. Uh, <laughs> I drop the mic. Well, thank you for spending some time with me today. I love hearing your guys' story. I know that there's going to be plenty of people inspired and motivated with just the lessons and along the journey and, and the ways that you guys have been willing to get after it. Last thing, I mean, how are what are some ways people can get a hold of you or uh, you know find out a little bit more about what you're doing? Yeah, so the best way is, is, is to go to our website, which is uh, staplesmultifamily.com, uh, spelled just like the office store, staplesmultifamily.com, and um, you can learn more about us. We have a little link that you can say, you know, join our, uh, our database, you know, and so that we can reach out to you. And then uh, when you do that also, then you'll receive all of our, um, you know, information that we send out and we do not send out a lot. We will not, we do not spam people, um, you know, so, but, but just in case you want to be um, notified of what, what's going on, we'll, we'll share that with you. Yeah. And in, and in that process, if you want to, you know, have a conversation to say, Hey, how did you get where you're going? More details of what we've done and how we did it and just give in and ask for my or Bonnie's two cents. I mean, we're, we're more than happy to, to help others in that area as well and i've done that many times so don't don't no, hesitate awesome. to reach out well that's great well thank you guys and thank you listeners for jumping in with us today hope you're inspired by their story uh click a like share this with uh friends and family and we'll see you next time